Hey everybody. Uh, my name is Tim Washer. I've been here at Walnut Hill, a member for about three and a half years. I'm still on a probationary basis, but we'll see how this thing goes today. Hey, we welcome everybody here in Bethel and in all of our other campuses. And those of you joining online, we're really glad you're here. So we're in a series uh, on called Good Question. And this week, our question is, why the Bible? And we have with us today, it's a rare, rare treat to have these two join us on stage. <laughs> this is the partnership that has been called 2022 Power Couple by, <laughs> by Preach It Brother Magazine. And nice. I'm, just, I'm just so thrilled. I gotta get myself a copy of that. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, we'll, 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 we're gonna have them framed and put them up there. So it's more of an online magazine, but still that, you know, it has clout. Uh, listen, we're, we're, um, we're gonna uh, just do a little interview format and, uh, for this week, which is gonna be fun. And look, I, I do wanna say, I, let me, let me say this in the intro. I drew away, I fell away from my faith after going through a divorce and I quit going to my church. And about three and a half years ago, the Lord said, go to Walnut Hill. And this is a guy, I, he, I was just laughing so much during the service and that, that laughter just, I knew I was, I knew I was back home mm -hmm. after that sermon. So I'm grateful for you, I'm grateful for you and, uh, and I'm grateful for laughter. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Brian, let me, let me start with, uh, what is the question, what is, what is the Bible? I mean, I assume they cover that in seminary. <laughs> yes. Briefly, briefly. Briefly, they do. Okay, so what is the Bible? That's what you wanna know. Good. I hope we're not laughing through the whole message today. <laughs> I'm gonna try to be a little bit serious too. But um, what is the Bible? First, let me just start by saying, I think that this is a treasure. Yeah. This is a treasure that, that we have um, and that, that can unlock and, and open a lot of things for us. What is the Bible? Let me just give you a, a couple things. First, it's a physical book. Here it is. It's a book um, filled with history, prophecy, poetry, stories, um, letters. It's, it's a physical book. It's actually 66 books in one book. <laughs> There's an Old Testament and a New Testament. The Old Testament, really it's an Old Covenant and a New Covenant. And uh, the Old Testament has 39 books. The New Testament has 27 books. <laughs> You're laughing at me. It's true. Yeah. Look I, it up. Did you Google get the, it. Did you get this right on your test in school? No, but that's why I'm getting it right right okay. now. <laughs> I'm getting it right right now. And um, it's a physical book. It, it's, it's, it's this compilation of stories and history and poetry that reveals who God is. And um, it's also a book that people died for. And people who carried the stories, um, oral tradition for years and years before it was ever written down. And the fact that you can actually have this and hold this and read this is a miracle in and of itself. Um, so it is this physical book that has an old covenant and new covenant, which essentially it just means this. God is a covenanting God. And so between the Old and New Testament, you have these covenants, which is God just covenanting with his people to be present with them which is absolutely amazing that after the fall, after sin, after sin, after king, after king, who have failed, after Peter, after all these different, after all this stuff, that God continues to covenant with his people. And the old covenant is about this old, this other way of how God would walk with his children, Israel, and then the new covenant is in Jesus Christ, how all people are welcomed into the presence of God. 
through Jesus. And so it's these two covenants. So it's this physical book. But much more than that, it's a God-inspired book. Um, that in, I love in 2 Timothy 3, uh, it talks about how all scripture is God-breathed. And I love that. How actually there are authors, 40 authors, in three different languages that write scripture. Um, but there's parts of their personality that come out. There's their culture, their context that's very much a part of the word of God. And you, you need to discover that in order to know the truth. Uh, sometimes when you say, oh, it just says what it is is what it is. No, you actually have to get into the context and the culture that's included here so that you can pull out what the real truth is. And, and so I love that. But what the Lord did is he inspired these writers. Uh, so in every word, it's, it's, it's God breathed. And in every word, whether old or new, it really leads us to the person of Jesus Christ. And so it's this God-inspired word. And, and one of the great things about scripture is as you read scripture, you get to read it with the author. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's amazing. And not, not just on Audible. Like you, you get to go, like we believe, <laughs> we believe that we have the presence of the spirit of God with us. Yeah. Don't we, church? Yeah. Yes. So Jesus died, he rises, and then he says, wait, you know, until the presence of the Spirit comes. The presence of the Spirit comes in Acts 2. Now we are filled with the Spirit of God who wrote this book, who inspired the people to write this book. And so we go to the pages with the author, which is amazing. We're going to talk more about that. So it's this God-inspired book. But then third, it's a truth-revealing book, how through these pages, uh, truth is revealed, when you look at, again, 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 3, you read about all the different kinds of truth. The way to salvation is revealed in this book. Wisdom is revealed in this book. A lot of times we might think we should act one way, but actually God calls us to act differently. And we learn that from his, his book, his inspired word. Um, it teaches us about what is right and wrong. It equips us to become who we're called to be in the Lord. And then I think the last thing I would say is that it's a, it's a life-giving book. Um, in uh, Proverbs 4, I, I believe it talks about how for those who find the word of God, they will receive life. Yeah. And I love that, how um, it's not just words on a page, but it's, um, it's a life-giving book. It brings us into life. Yeah. yeah. I, I like to meet the author. The, meet the author. <laughs> that's right, narrating. Hey, uh, the, the, it's, it, my life has changed since listening to the sermons and worshiping here by, by realizing what you're talking about, uh, that this shows us how to live, mm. you know, yeah. the narrow path. You guys mm -hmm. preached on the narrow path. And, and it's, so, it's so funny. You, you do this wonderful impersonation of the serpent in the garden saying, mm. did God really say? I hear that so often in my yeah. mind. And I'm like, okay, it, it helps me. Just those words yeah. help me turn back. So Look, why, why I, I understand that's one of the reasons that I need to stay in the Word every day, but, but tell us why this is so important to prioritize reading the Bible. Yeah, I think it's important to know why we read the Bible, um, because I think I would be surprised if there's anyone in this room or anyone listening who says, the Bible is irrelevant, we don't need to read it at all. I think most of us would agree, the majority of us would agree, it's a good idea to read the Bible, but a lot of us don't get into the Word of God because we don't actually, we're not motivated by the why. Mm. And so it's really important. So I'm just gonna highlight three quick things about the why. And the first one is to really um, deepen our relationship with the Lord. Yeah. To get to know the Lord. 
When we interact with people, that's how intimacy in relationships is built. You don't have a relationship with anyone you're not interacting with on some level, yeah. not a real relationship. Yeah. And so when we talk about interacting with God, I think a lot of people are like, what does that look like? God's not sitting here in a chair next to me in tangible form that I can see with my eyes and, and I can hear with my physical ears. And what does it mean to interact with God? Well, that's the beauty of the Bible. It's a tool for interaction because like Brian had said, it's a God breathed, a, the living word of God. That's why we call it the living word of God. The spirit of Christ in us testifies to the spirit that is what is in the word of God. And so as we interact with the Lord in scripture, we get to know him more. It deepens our relationship. And that leads to the second point. We, we read the Bible to have a heavenly mindset. Mm. Our, the way that we think is changed. As Paul says in Romans, we, our minds are renewed and we are transformed because of it. See, transformation doesn't happen. It's not something we can do. Uh, a mentor of ours recently said, no, we can't transform ourselves. We can only submit to the process, submit and commit to the process of transformation. Yeah. And then allow the Lord to do a transforming work in and through us. And we will become, as the writer of 2 Corinthians says, more and more into the likeness of Christ. We'll be transformed and it changes our perspective. It changes the way that we think. It changes the way that we begin to see things and perceive things. When I think of transformation, I think of Acts. I love the book of Acts. If you're ever looking for just a, an inspirational book to get on fire for Jesus and stepping out and doing bold things for Jesus, read the book of Acts. And um, in Acts 13, you have, um, John and Peter, mm -hmm. John and Peter, who are standing before the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin now have been given all the political authority of the Roman Empire to kind of administer justice to their own people. So you have your political and your religious elites, the Sanhedrin. So you have Peter and John standing before the Sanhedrin. They're in trouble because of what they're doing, the message of Jesus that they're preaching. And, and it says uh, the Sanhedrin, they were amazed and astounded by the boldness yeah. of these unschooled ordinary men. And it said, and I love this line, they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Yeah. Now that's a testimony. I want people to take note that I have been with Jesus, yeah. that I have been with him. And that's what interacting with the Lord in scripture and being transformed in him. People will take note that you've been with Jesus and you might not see it necessarily in yourself. Um, it's kind of like watching your kids grow up, right? Like you don't see right. how quickly they're growing up until you look back a year in pictures and you think, oh my goodness, I'm getting old. Wait, I'm remaining young. My kids are getting old. Um, I, love, but, I love about that story too. Sorry, did I interrupt? No, no, go ahead. Okay, I love about that story too, how um, the end or the goal for Peter and John um, was that Jesus would be known in and through them, yes. right? They, they had boldness and courage because of the gospel that they had received, yes. right? The yes. gospel message yes. that they knew. Yeah. Um, but that's not what the Sanhedrin, oh, wow, surely yeah. they had read their scriptures every night. Yes. Yeah. No, surely these were men who were with Jesus, yeah. right? And that's what the word of God should do. For, as we go to the word of God, it should equip us, embolden yeah. us, and give us the courage to step out in such a way that people are like, wow. Those people have been with yeah, Jesus. And these were guys who denied Jesus just a little time earlier. I mean, yeah. Peter denied Jesus. John abandoned him in his crucifixion. And now they're standing before the people who can, like, drop down the law on them. And they're saying, 
No, we have boldness and, and people took note. And so transformation happens as we engage with Jesus. And then lastly, I would just say this, why read the Bible? To hear the voice of God. Yeah. I was thinking about an analogy. So you have to tell me if this one works. If it doesn't, you're gonna have to come up with a better one, Tim. Um, okay, so I was thinking about hearing the voice of God. I grew up, I rode horses. I um, did um, competitive horse riding um, most of my life until my parents stopped paying for it. And so then I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> but um, so I, I did that and um, I was very dedicated in it, you know, six, seven days a week, horse shows, all sorts of stuff, right? For many, many, many years. And I had a chance to study abroad in Europe, and so one of the opportunities I had there was to go to Austria and see the Lipizzaner Stallions. And so I remember sitting there, and even when I think about it, I could tear up. It was amazing. Mm. I was mesmerized watching what these people had taught these horses to do, and the intricacy, and the beauty, and the precision. And I was sitting next to a guy who was like, who was like Fancy pretty horses, I'm out. And he's like, and he left after about five minutes. And I was thinking, how, how do you not have an appreciation for this? He didn't have a trained eye for it. Things that you spend time with, things that you dive into, things that you invest in, you begin to train your eyes to it, right? If you're an athlete, you can pick, like you pick out really good athletes and like the first 30 seconds of the game, you're like, that girl's gonna score three, three you know, goals before halftime, and she does. I can't see that stuff because I don't dedicate my life to sports, but. Um, <laughs> That's not, I didn't, I, that came out wrong. I've That's, dedicated myself to leading the church. You're such an amazing athlete. My family and my that wife came out and wrong. kids. Scratch that. Scratch that out of the video. Yeah. Um, it's fine. It's fine. No, but, but do you know what I mean? Does that analogy work for you? Where, like, when you spend time with something, you see things differently. You have an acute eye for it. And that's what I could appreciate. And I could see things with these horses yeah. that other people who didn't understand couldn't see. That is what happens when we read the Word of God. We begin to hear the voice of God in ways that maybe we had never heard before. Right. We develop an acuteness in our spirit to the spirit of God speaking to us. Yeah. And as that happens, we begin to hear God. It develops over time. It develops over commitment. It develops as we are transformed and we begin to hear the voice of God in a new way. And so we need to come with this expectation. I think sometimes um, maybe we approach the Bible a little bit like Siri, you know, like, hey, Hey God, what's the weather today? Mm -hmm. Hey Siri, you know, what should mm -hmm. I do tonight? And, um, and we're gonna come up dry when we read the Bible. If we're just kind of looking for God to give us answers so that we can get on with our regular life. God wants to change us. Mm. God wants to transform us. If we're just looking for an answer so we can get on with our day, we're gonna come up a little bit dry. So I would, I would um, come with expectation and we begin to develop the voice of God. Mm. Yeah, I've never, felt like when I've asked a, you know, a yes or no question or given God a multiple choice, <laughs> should I take this job? I've never felt him respond to me. Yeah. It, it's, it, I'm just now learning here, like you talk about how to read the Bible. By the way, that's a wonderful analogy. Okay, my analogies are on cupcakes. They're all <laughs> cupcake based, so I don't wanna do that. And the pastor uses sports to teach us the lessons from the Bible. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you for yeah. sticking up for me. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. No, I didn't. That's good. No, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Let's keep going. We're good. What does the Bible say about reconciliation? 
Let's talk about it. He can't stay mad at me that long. (laughs) I'm not mad. I'm good. Look, one of the things I've learned in the sermons you've talked about uh, how to read the Bible, you said, look, don't approach this as a chore. And a lot of times I have done that in the past. Sure. But sometimes you'll give us something very specific, like an objective to go into. Like you'll say, ask the Lord to give you a word for Mm -hmm. a friend. And when I go into it with that, I, I, I hear yes. the Holy Spirit respond. Expectation. That's right. Yes. Having an expectation yeah. and something in a specific purpose kind of helps drive me to. Mm-hmm. So, what are some of the other ways we should, other things we should consider, you know, when we read the Bible? Mm-hmm. How do we approach it? How do we approach it? Um, a few different things, I think. First, I would say uh, it's not a competition. It's really important to say that. A lot of times I think we just race through scripture because, oh, I have to get through this in a year. You know, sometimes the Lord places that on your heart to read through the Bible in a year. You should commit to doing that. But it's not a competition. It's not a competition against other people, and it's not a competition with yourself, okay? A lot of times when you're reading scripture, the Lord will have you in a story, and we'll share some examples in a moment. But he might have us in a, in a story that we just need to rest in and pause in and sit in and learn the lessons and glean the things that the Lord wants to speak to us about. And so it's not a competition. I just want to relieve you from that. I think the second thing I would say is this, is always invite the Holy Spirit into your reading. Mm-hmm. Um, the Holy Spirit is, is with us, and it's the Holy Spirit that leads us to truth. Not your smarts, not, not your great wisdom, yeah. that as you read this, that ah, oh, you're gonna become enlightened. No, it's the Spirit of God. Bring the Spirit into your reading. I think a lot of times what we do is go, okay, I'm gonna read the Word, so later when I pray, I can say, Lord, I read my Word. <laughs> so later when I meet with the Lord, I can tell Him I did it. No, bring the Lord into it so that the Lord will speak to you in that. I think also have a really good translation. Um, a lot of people spend a lot of time translating the Word. And um, the NIV, the NLT are two great translations. If you don't have one of those, purchase one of those or, or put the Bible app on your phone or Blue Letter Bible, uh, Bible Gateway. These are different apps you can have on your phone that are excellent. I'd also say um, read it with a commentary nearby uh, because there, it's, it is difficult. There's a lot of difficult things. Let's not pretend that it's not, but let's also not give up because of that. And one way to help you in that is to have a great commentary. Uh, I use um, Warren Worsby, who has the B-series commentary, which is very good. I also use uh, the NIV application uh, commentary, which is very good. So if you're reading through Acts, like Becca suggested, have one of those commentaries there open so that as you come through Scripture, you can, and you're going to develop tools that way so that when you come to other pieces of poetry, you're going to know the rules and you're going to apply them. And that's going to be very helpful. And one helpful tool with that is the um, application study Bible. If you've, if you've heard of that, they're, they're kind of expensive. They're like 50 bucks, but uh, they're well worth it because they have the commentaries right there. And it is just so exciting when you start reading it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'd say too, take notes. That's a good tip. Like write things down. What is the Lord saying to you? Um, And then I would say even take it another step further and share it with other people. Share it in your crews. Share it with your mentors. Share it with uh, those you're you're walking through life with. Share it with your kids. Uh, Tell the stories about how God is is speaking to you in it. And uh, I think the last thing I would say in in how to read the Bible, um, make an investment plan. 
I truly believe that our human condition will keep us from really good things if we don't plan to do the good things. <laughs> and so when are you reading the, if I were to ask you today in the, in the, in the fellowship hall, uh, maybe I'll do this, maybe I won't, now you're gonna avoid me. <laughs> if I were to ask you, when do you read the word, would you have an answer? And if you don't, why not? Um, we should have an answer for that. Oh, here's when I read the word. Here's when I study it. I've planned for it. It's actually in my calendar. Um, this is so important. Yeah. It's more important than your Starbucks break. It's more important than your golf outing. And I like golf, clearly, sports, <laughs> right? But if you're planning your golf outing, why aren't you planning your time in the word, yeah. right? And so I think we gotta be intentional about it. Otherwise, just because of our human condition, we prone to wander. Yes. Anybody else? I prone yeah. to wander, and so we need to be intentional about it. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know why I got so tough on that one, but I believe it. We yeah. need to be intentional. Well, it doesn't happen if we're not intentional and we don't plan it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So then how do you plan? Yeah. I mean, what's, what's a good, if, if we're just starting or we're getting reengaged, you know, what, what's a good kind of map for us to take on, say, in the next, I don't know, weeks, 30 days? Yeah, well, I think if I, were, if I were to share a challenge with us, the challenge would be, would be this, to make an intentional plan. If, okay. And if you don't have one, do it today. Okay. It's not hard. It's really not hard. Say, okay, I'm going to read scripture in the morning. I'm going to read scripture at night. Yeah. Okay, actually, when I get uh, to work, my, my best time actually is my lunch break. So I'm going to open the word of God. You know, I don't really care when it is. Some people say, oh, there's a best time here, there, there. You know, just... Pick a time, yeah. right, and get into the word of God and, and schedule that. And then I would say, I'm going to give you a little heads up of where we're going. So in the fall, we're going to be launching a new theme year, and it's going to be on Jesus. That's the theme, Jesus. And we're going to be going through the book of Matthew throughout the year. And so I would encourage you and challenge you between now and our theme launch, which is on September 11th, to read the book of Matthew. Um, Get ahead of us. Get ahead of the messages. Get ahead of the teaching and, and read the book of Matthew. And so plan on it. What does it look like for you to read through the book of Matthew between now and that September yeah. launch date? And, um, and almost come into that new season primed with words from the Lord already. Because I believe through the teaching of his word then, those things are going to be affirmed and those things are going to be really highlighted and it's going to yeah. be pretty great. I would say too, and I've shared this with you before, I approach scripture with the expectation and I ask two questions. I say, Lord, what are you teaching me about yourself? What can I see about the character yeah. of you, your heart? What are you showing me about your heart in this passage? And then um, what are you speaking to me? Yeah. What do you wanna say to me? Like David says, is there, is there any offensive way in me, Lord? Search my heart. Mm. And so I usually start with a psalm to kind of get my heart right. And then I ask those two questions as I dive into a book. And the Lord responds. I know that he, even this week, we yeah. were talking about some things that. Yeah. Let's, um, share, let's share a couple of those. Is that okay, yeah, Mr. Uh, interviewer? Okay. <laughs> we got time? No, no sports. Though. Okay. <laughs> so we wanted to share a couple real-time moments with you from each of us on how God has spoken to us through his word, just to give it some practicality, some, something tangible for you, okay? And actually, the word I'm going to share, the Lord's still working on me right now. I'll even share a, a totally unbaked kind of thing that I feel like the Lord is doing uh, in me. 
And so I, I use what's called the Devo app. Um, it's a great app. You can look at it. I like it because it starts with a song and then there's scripture, and then there's a devotional that's, um, that's spoken, and, and I listen to it on my ride into work. And then it concludes with the song, and I like it. So this past uh, week, there, the Devo app, it brought me to First Chronicles chapter 12, and they were reading that. And this is the part of, of scripture where a lot of um, people are coming around King David, right? David, he's not yet king, to overcome King Saul. And in it, there's just this little phrase in, I think, verse 31 or 32, and it says this, that the sons of Issachar, now Issachar was the son of Jacob, so the sons of Issachar, there were 200 leaders who could discern the times and knew what to do. And I just, I just sat on that for a while, and I pondered it, and I felt the Lord speaking to me of like, Brian... Listen, I know that these are really challenging times, confusing times, but if you ask me, I'll help you become that leader who can discern the times and know what to do. I was like, thank you, Lord. Praise God. I, I want you to give me that level of insight and discernment and vision, Lord, would you? I want to be like one of these leaders. And what the Lord's working on me right now um, which is this, is even this morning as I was thinking more about this and praying, the Lord said, he pulled that number 200 out. It's like there's these 200 leaders who could discern the times and knew what to do. And I felt the Lord asking me, Brian, are you ready to train up 200 leaders to be able to discern the times so that they would know what to do to benefit my kingdom? Now, I don't know what that looks like. That's a bit scary, right? Wow, <laughs> who are they? Who wants to be one of the 200? Let's just take a poll right now. Let's just go for it, right? But, um, but that's how the Lord speaks to me. They're not just words on the page. Uh, they're life-giving words. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I love how he, he asked that question because the Lord often does. He's not threatened by our questions. It's good to ask questions to the Lord. Yeah. Um, he's not offended and he, he's not worried and nothing stumps him. So we can wrestle some things out with the Lord. And I love that he came back with a question, because that's so his character, that's so the person of Jesus too. Um, for me this week, I, I love the book of Genesis, and so I've been reading through Genesis again, and I was in Genesis 25, and I was reading about um, Isaac, who was the promised son of Abraham, so you have Abraham, Isaac. So Isaac is married, and he marries Rebecca, and it says um, Isaac, they, they got married, and he noticed she was not conceiving, so he prayed, and asked the Lord that she would become pregnant, and she did. And then, there was a, a few verses down, as Rebecca is pregnant, she feels the twins. She's pregnant with Jacob and Esau, twins. And she feels them wrestling inside of her. And so, she was wondering, why are they wrestling? So, she went to the Lord and asked him. And he told her, two mm. nations are at battle within you. And that question, you know, Lord, what are you teaching me about yourself? I felt the Lord say, you can come to me with all of your questions. Come to me. Yeah. I got it. I'm going to let you know. Just come to me first. Like Isaac just went to the Lord, and the Lord responded. The Lord responds to us. And that was so encouraging. And then I was like, Lord, what are you teaching me about? What do you want to say to me? And this is always a little bit more of a vulnerable, dangerous question, right? And I felt... Uh, kind of reading between the lines in the story, you realize that Isaac and Rebecca got married when Isaac was 40. Rebecca conceived when Isaac was 60. It took 20 years right. 
20 years, and I felt the Lord say to me, do you have the faith to pray for something and persevere for 20 years, or would you lose hope? Mm. And I'm still sitting with that one. It's a very transformational question. It's a very humbling question. Mm. Um, so I'm still working that one out with Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I'll pray for you. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That's not easy to do. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope I, w- I hope I would, you know, but Lord, please don't test me. <laughs> right, yeah, right. It's, uh, Mark Twain says, it's not the things I know about the Bible, uh, that I don't know about the Bible that scare me, it's the things that I do understand about the Bible. Right. And I, I get those yeah. notes all the time on, okay, here's where you need to do some yeah. changing. So. Yeah, just a gentle question. Yeah. Tim, okay. if, can I just say, share one more yes. thing before, just before you wrap up? Um, I, I gave a sermon several months ago when we were talking about the armor of God. And I was talking about the sword of the spirit. Yeah. And just real quickly, I think this is important because it's really the progression of what you want to see in your Bible reading. There are three words for the word word in, in the Greek language. And the first word is graphe, which is the written word, the actual ink on the paper. And it's true, there's ink on the paper, there's words on the paper. But it can't stay that way. And, and, and hopefully as we approach the word of God, it doesn't just stay as words on the paper. The second word is this word logos, which is, we see it in the, in the Gospel of John, in the beginning was the word, and it's, it's reflective of Jesus, that actually in Jesus, the word of God is, is fulfilled, but also the fulfillment of the word, we see it in its truest sense through the person of Jesus Christ, and so we should always be looking through who Jesus is to understand scripture. We have to do that, and so there's this logos. So as we read the word, it should move from a just words on the page to this, wow, what does this reflect? How does Jesus you know, reflect what the truth is here? But then there's a third word, and it's this word rhema. And the word rhema is a life-transforming word. It's, it, it's, it speaks about really that breath of, of God, of how now this logos word, this word that reflects Jesus and, and almost reveals Jesus to us, is now applied to our life in a way that it's, it's, it's making an impact in and through us. And this is what we're talking about, how it's a life-giving word and how we should approach scripture with this anticipation and this expectancy that it's gonna move from a written word to a logos word to a life-transforming Over word. Over time. Yeah, and Over sometimes- Over time, you have to be committed to the process. Sometimes you just gotta make the deposits. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you just good. have Put to make the deposits <laughs> so that a month later, yes. that word that the Lord yes. sowed into your life now becomes relevant and, yeah. and, and needed, yeah. right? And so oftentimes it is a discipline, yeah. but through the discipline, uh, God speaks to us. And don't be discouraged if it's not right there in the moment. Yeah. It might hit you later in the day or a week later going, oh my goodness, and that deposit you made um, is now, you know, um, giving you fruit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I hope we all, I'm, I'm gonna join in on this challenge of reading Matthew again and, and approaching it with expect, expectation yeah. and, uh, and asking the Holy Spirit before yeah. Yeah. To, to share the meaning that he wants yes. me to receive from that. And uh, I hope you all will too, and I hope maybe invite a friend to join you in it. Mm-hmm. If there's somebody you think should watch this video, maybe forward this, the YouTube link to a friend and say, hey, check this out. Let me know what you think. Maybe you'd join me in this challenge. Yeah, so thank you so much. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. All right, amen. <laughs> amen.
Thanks. All right. Awesome. Would you um, would you stand with me if you if you're in the room? If you're at home, you can stand too. We're gonna we're gonna enter back into worship through through singing, and um, we do hope that you would take us up on that challenge and get into the book of Matthew and and really um, go eagerly before the Word of God, expecting to to meet uh, the author there. Let me pray for us, and then uh, we'll continue on in our time of worship. Lord, we're so thankful for your Word. Um, this is an amazing book. Lord, we believe that your word is true. And Lord, we want to be people who who carry your word so that we can be a blessing to others, so that we can know who we are as your children, so that we can know who you are as our Father. And so, Lord, I pray that each day uh, we would take in your word. Take in your word. And as we do, Lord, that you would refresh us, you'd uh, recall us, that you'd give us life-giving words, challenging words, words that would help us become who you've called us to become. And so, Lord, I I pray um, for this loving conviction right now upon all of us uh, to step into your word, this gift. And I pray, Lord, that as, as we plan to do that, Lord, that you would meet us there and that we would just become more and more hungry Uh, to meet you, to fellowship with you, uh, to learn from you, to encounter and experience you uh, through your word. So Lord, we pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Friends, let's, uh, let's, let's sing together as we close.